the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dedicating ourselves to the Lord. That's next on today's broadcast of Abounding Grace. Join us. Hi there. Welcome to Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. Today we are back in Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, looking at a message that Pastor Gary has simply entitled, Dedicated Bodies. What does it mean to give ourselves over to the Lord and live according to His will? That's what we're exploring. Here's Pastor Gary with more. I realize today is all about having a casual God. I want to dress casually. I want a God who will pretty much let me live as I please. I know some nice people out there anyway that uh, go to church. and Oh, yeah, they may curse a little bit and they may be a little bit immoral, but they're nice. That's the kind of God I want. I want a God who lets people be nice and yet lets them pretty much hold on to what they want to hold on to, to carry, you know, a little bit of their hell with them into heaven. That's the kind of God I want. I want a God that when I stand before him, I'll be able to really quickly find my get-out-of-hell-free ticket. After all, I did believe in Jesus. I did confess him, and here's the date. There's a little tear stain left right there from that moment I had an emotional feeling for God. But leave me alone. I don't want to be confronted with God's word. I only want to hear what I want to hear and do. And I want to feel good about it while I'm doing it. And I want you to be nice to me while I'm doing it. And I want everyone else to be as accepting as well. This attitude is key to a woke culture, not Christianity. That's the kind of God we want. We need to give up on mercy because we are not going to get any. His mercy means that we can't live on our own terms. That is what put Jesus on the cross. You and me living on our own terms, what I want to do, what when I want to do it, with whom I want to do it. That is what put the Son of God on the cross. So if we have tasted that the Lord is merciful and kind and gracious, then we need to ask for forgiveness. Lord, forgive me that I have lived for myself. Forgive me that I have listened to what I want to listen to, done what I've wanted to do. Forgive me for treating my body like I've wanted to do. Forgive me for not having a total hands-off, I don't belong to myself outlook on life. Lord, forgive me for not having the excitement and the passion and the joy of devoting myself and my life to you. 
Forgive me for doing those things that kill devotion, that just crushes them like too much thinking of myself. Too little time before you in the word. Too much time holding on to my old idols. Forgive me that I've lost the sense of, oh, God has forgiven me. God laid my lust on the back of his own son. God laid my covetousness, my worldliness, my selfishness. He laid my pride. He laid my filth on his son. It is all of this depth that I can't even see. Job said, even if I were righteous, I couldn't even look up because God sees all these spots that are left in me that just completely escape our gaze. We can't see them. That's why David said in Psalm 139, Lord, search me. And in Psalm 19, cleanse me from secret sins. I'm blind in my own corruption. And God laid all that wrath and judgment and justice upon the back of his son. So when the Christian thinks about this and he thinks about the gospel, he doesn't just say, okay, let me just go and do what I want to do. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Now let me go live like I want to. No. It is Lord I devote myself to you, body and soul. This is a part of presenting ourselves to God, a living sacrifice. But more to the point here in Romans 12, our bodies, since they have been created and redeemed by God, are the means by which we work and serve him in our callings. You're calling as a man, you're calling as a woman, you're calling as a student, young people, However menial, however bored you think you are with it, we do it for God's glory. And we seek to improve our callings and our circumstances the best we can so that we can glorify him more. Why? Out of guilt? No mercy. Covetousness? No mercy. Mercy. Look at what God has done for me. I want to be more devoted to him. So I leave this now and I move to Paul's next words. But I spend a little extra time with this because I want to really stress to you that we are never to think that the way we treat our body, use our body, is a matter of indifference. God has redeemed our bodies for himself and promises to raise them from the dead. Therefore, we need to remember that he has redeemed us completely and that our dedication to him is to be total. Now, Paul uses the words holy and acceptable also in verse 1. Holiness, which means to dedicate to something, to be set apart for a higher purpose. So the Holy Spirit is teaching us here that everything about us, body, soul, strength, and mind, everything, especially the body, because he knew how bad the Greeks had messed it all up and it was already infecting some of the churches, everything is supposed to be dedicated, set apart, holy unto God. The word acceptable means well-pleasing. So put these two words together. As Christians, we are privileged to live a life that is set apart and pleasing to God. What a joy. 
What a privilege to think about this. We weren't even friends with our Lord Jesus Christ when he laid down his life for us. Turn back to Romans chapter 5, verse 6. He says in verse 6, when we, were without, when we were without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commends his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Verse 10. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, how much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So when we think about mercy, this dynamic of living a life well-pleasing to God, we always need to remember what the true situation is. Listen carefully. We all need to remember what the true situation is. It wasn't like, well... I was basically a good person, and God just came along, and he put a little polish on me and made me better. So I don't really have that much to be thankful for, after all. Or I grew up in a Christian home, and I didn't go out and rob banks, and I wasn't a serial fornicator. Yeah, there were some little sins. I was a little bit selfish at times, and I didn't talk to my mother like I really should have. But I wasn't horrible horrible you see that's how I believe we sometimes think I mean we've been Christians for a while and even if we have had a very checkered past we see a path we're walking on and there's not a lot of really notorious bad stuff and so we forget what the true situation is here and the true situation here is that when I was an enemy of God and deserving of his wrath, he sent his son to die for me. So ever after, he is the one who took the sword of divine justice for us. That would have come to me and to you. And every single man, woman, and child forever in hell. So what are we supposed to do with this? What are we supposed to do with this gospel? Oh, you know, I'm alive, hallelujah, let's go to church on Sunday, but I'm going to want to do what I want to do the rest of the week. That's what the church has kind of fallen into. In the United States today, whenever you get money and movies involved with something, it just goes downhill. Everything is trivialized. Nothing is taken seriously. But here is something that is more serious than whether or not you walk out those doors today alive when we wrap up, and that is, the Son of God took the sword of divine justice for you. What are you going to do with it? Now, he didn't even ask for a repayment. So let's remember grace here. This isn't a question of guilt. Well, I, I better do something for him. He did something for me. No, forget that. That won't last very long. No, it is a point of, in the light of mercy, my heart is humbled by, God, by what God has done for me. And I just want to thank you, Lord. I want to serve you. 
hands on. What do you want me to do? How can I please you? What sacrifice do I need to make for my family? What do I need to do for my wife? What do I need to do for my children? What idols do I need to take out back and burn them up? Sometimes literally, the way you deal with your idols is not to try and control them. The way you deal with your idols is to burn them, to smash them to smithereens, whether they are material or immaterial. Jesus said, if it is lost, pluck out your eyes. The point here is that serious sins require serious measures. Not that you literally pluck out your eyes. Instead of us just kind of passively well, you know, the preacher's on a certain little soapbox today. Whatever. No. Remember mercy. Remember what the Son of God has done to pay the whole penalty for our sins. And in the light of that, ask, is my life pleasing to God? You see, that is the question. The question is not, does this please me? And you know, we train our children in this early. Well, you don't have to eat this if you don't like it. Now, I realize you can't control what their palate is saying. Warning, warning, warning. This particular food is coming. I understand that, but we've got to be really careful. Because if we can't cater to all their little foibles and inconsistencies, we are setting them up for a hard life of lessons in God's school of, I don't rule the world child by your foibles and we are crazy as parents if we think well just indulge them until we can control them and keep them a little bit quieter so they won't embarrass us so much and then at the age of six we'll flip a switch and everything will be okay wrong the longer you wait to fight the battle the more difficult the battle becomes. And of course, for some of us as adults, and I have to say this is about me, no one ever fought it in our lives. No one ever told us no, or if they did tell us no, and we said, I'm going to do it anyway, there were no consequences. No one ever crossed our wills. No one ever told us the life that life is not about you doing, getting, being, going where you want to go. Parents, please remember this. The more you indulge things that you feel questionable about in your child because you just don't want to cross them, the more you are setting them up for a life of misery. Plus, we're flipping the dynamic of mercy on its head. The dynamic of mercy is not, oh, well, Jesus died on the cross for my sin, so I can, can't go and do what I want to do. Jesus died on the cross for my sins. Great. Now the preacher is telling me I just need to go and read the Bible. I can't ever have fun anymore. I can't ever drink a beer. I can't do anything I want to do. That is not the dynamic of mercy that is the dynamic of someone who has tasted that God has forgiven me of my filth. The dynamic is, Lord, it pleases me to please you. So tell me what pleases you. What pleases you? Not what pleases me. When I try that route, I just make a mess of things. 
what pleases you. And you know, so much of this Christian consecration and giving our bodies and our whole lives to God as a living sacrifice really comes down to this. What is the pleasure of our heart? We are going to go where our treasure goes. If your treasure is, well, do people like me? What will people think of me if I wear this shirt? What will people think of me if I don't have this or if I have this? What will people think of me if I don't have this or I have done this? God forbid that anyone should know that I have not done such and such, like had premarital sex, that everyone else has done, because I will be considered weird. Is that going to be the dynamic of your life? The desire for praise and to please men? Beloved, I have seen this happen. It destroys lives. You see, for us, we have a different treasure. Our treasure is God, Father, Lord Jesus, the one true God. You've bought me with your own blood. So everything good that comes to me flows right down the hill from Calvary. Think about it. Everything good in your life. Every time God forgave you when he should have judged you. Every time he healed you when he should have brought disease upon you. Every time he comforted you when he should have left you languishing in your misery and never looked at you at all with favor. Every time he heard your cries, instead of plugging his ears, he showed you favor. You need to remember this, child of God. All this flows down from the hill of Calvary. It's not because you are a good person. It's not because you have made progress in holiness. It's not because you've kind of evened the score with God a little bit. People who are like this do something really, really big for you. And it's like they are forever reminding you, you are in their debt. And you try to do some little things for them, but they keep reminding you, yeah, but I appreciate that. But you haven't forgotten but you, but you haven't forgotten the major thing I did for you, right? Well, God is not like that with us. He said, I'm giving you my son. I'm giving you mercy. I'm laying all your filth on his holy back. And I'm going to raise him from the dead and open heaven for you. What do I want in return? Your guilt? Forget it. Do I want your silly views of full-time Christian service? No, I want you to offer yourself to me out of the joy of pleasing me because I have loved you and saved you. I want you to live for my pleasure so that together we can enjoy the most important thing in the universe, and that is me because I have all life and glory and goodness in me, and I want to share it with you. You see, God is the only one who sees the universe as it really is. That he has all glory and, and power and life and happiness and joy. We think we can find pockets of those somewhere else. I'm here to tell you there are no more pockets anywhere. Beloved God wants you happy. That's why he made you. He did not create you to be miserable. But you cannot be happy on your own terms. 
you will only be happy on God's terms. And his terms are mercy and consecration. He says, I give you mercy through my son, the Lord Jesus. Now you consecrate yourself to pleasing me. And don't ever ask, does this please me? Ask if it pleases him. Now, of course, every one of us, even those who are the most ardent believers, we have to recognize that we will fall right on our faces at times. So let me just address you at the point here today. You may be thinking, I just fail so often. I know of those of you who are walking with the Lord the closest, feel the greatest burden when you are convicted. I understand that very vividly, but don't despair. Because why does God convict you that there are still some spots that you need to work on? Because he wants you to go back to the fountain of mercy. He wants you to go back. He doesn't want you to just wallow in your despair. Oh, I don't measure up and I failed my performance review. The only performance review that matters is that Jesus Christ obeyed the Father perfectly and fully satisfied God's judgment on the cross. So when we go back to that, and we go back to mercy, the sense of being forgiven will fill us with joy again and hope and assurance. And then we start again by walking with God and obeying Him. So if you are a believer and you have really been struggling, You've been falling into sins of various kinds. You don't have to remain in them. It's not like you have to keep wallowing with the pigs. God says, I'll forgive you right now. There's mercy right now. I never run out of mercy. I delight in mercy. And I want to show it to you. I crucified my son so that you can have it forever. For surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. Confess your sins. Repent of them. Say, Lord, forgive me for trying to take back up the reins of my life again. Maybe it's just a little area. But it is an area that really convicts you, that needs to change. So say, Lord, forgive me for trying to take up the reins of my life in this area. I give them back to you. You do with me. What you will, O oh God. You have forgiven me. You have shown mercy to me. I can't love you enough. Help me to please you because I am very weak. I can't make pleasing you to please me unless you come and help me. And guess what? God, who is our Father, He knows our weaknesses. Do you know that everything about you today is just dust? Not only is your body nothing but animated dust, but the clothes you wear. They came from cotton or wool, and where did they come from? You can eventually trace it all back to dust. Even your jewelry is dust. Your diamonds are rocks, dirt under pressure. Everything we are is just dust. Colorful dust, yes. But God knows this, and he remembers our frame. He knows that we are weak. So rejoice in this. God is not up here saying, here is my standard. 
And you better mount up to that standard because if you don't, it's going to be a lightning bolt for you. No, he says, listen, this is my standard. But remember my mercy and never forget what I have done for you through my son. Ask me for strength and I will help you. Live for me and be happy. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, willing, well-pleasing to God. For this is your reasonable service. Amen. Well, this has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. As we have closed out our time together today, I would remind you that our desire is to know how this program encourages you in Christ. Now, there are a couple of three ways that you can contact us to provide us with this information. And again, it would really encourage us a great deal if you'd take a moment and let us know how the program is encouraging you in your walk and relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's how to contact us. Phone number is four. 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. Our website, where you can drop us an email and even learn a bit more about us, is reformedheritage.org. And then, of course, you can write to us at PMB, that stands for Post Mailbox, number 402-1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California. The zip code is 95032. Now, there is another way you can contact us, and this would be the best of all, especially if you're not involved in a church at this time. Plan on visiting. Let us uh, fellowship face-to-face, as it were. We meet at Lone Hill Church, 2 in the afternoon on Sundays at 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org, or by calling 408-866-5607. By the way, copies of the broadcast are just $5. Mention today's date when you contact us, and we'll get a CD out to you right away. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.